Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the madman, and I just want to tell you, we're all okay. We here at FXBG Public Radio are okay. All right, nobody's feeling sick, everyone feels great, we're real kind of pissed off that, you know, everything's shutting down, it just doesn't feel dangerous yet to me. I know it is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you, you all are locked up, there's tons of people all over this world locked up in their houses right now, some by choice, some by force, so um, ho- hopefully we want to provide as much entertainment to you as we can here at FXBG Public Radio. So until we all fall, fall, uh, fall dead from the plague, you know, until that happens, uh, we're going to keep providing content for you because uh, I am bored out of my mind if I had to sit in my house all day. And this is what I like doing. So I'm going to go ahead and do this instead. Hope you don't mind. I'm going to fiddle while Rome burns, you know what I mean? got to laugh you got to laugh to keep from crying that's right this is shock monkey radio i'm the madman and i think beards are going out of style and by going out of style i mean women are getting sick of dudes with beards i see i see more and more profiles on dating sites where women are looking for a dude who's clean shaven and a jaw like an anvil remember game of thrones remember when we were all watching that that was fun wasn't it Anyway, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense that, you know, girls don't like uh, guys with beards and mustaches. I, I understand. I was like, even dudes that have beards, they'll like shave around their mouth so they're more kissable, kissable so they have more of a kissy face. Because I understand, you know, if you're a girl, you don't necessarily want to uh, kiss a guy with a beard or a mustache, you know, with mustache hairs, you know, poking into their nostril, you know, making them sneeze and stuff like that. You ever try to hold a sneeze back when kissing somebody? Don't do it. Don't do it. Pause. Pause for the cause. Do not sneeze in your partner's face. Especially there, especially lately, lately, don't do it. <laughs> so, I mean, this does not bode well for me because I have weak chin and a round face. So I guess I won't, won't be getting laid for another 20 years. I mean, I'll shave if a girlfriend wants me to, but I won't be happy about it. <sighs> he can't make a noise in the back. Out of luck, out of love, got a photograph, picture of passion killer, you're too much, you're the only one I want to. No. Some effects make it sound? No. Like <laughs> you have an 80s sound, it's perfect. Oh my God, stop that. Jeez oh, Louise. Nice Anyway, you remember wallet-sized photographs? Remember you get... Yearbook photos? Yeah, well, I mean, when you go and get your yearbook photos, you get your pictures taken for the school paper, and you get you could pay for this packet where it's like, you know, this many yeah, you know, yeah, pictures yeah. and stuff like that, and you get the sheet of like 24 wallet-sized pictures, and you go home, and you get your scissors, and you cut them out, and so you pass out these wallet-sized pictures uh, to all your friends and stuff like that. I know a lot of you kids don't even understand this concept, but you would get these sheets. You'd get like a big print of you, you'd get a couple prints that you could send to your grandma and stuff like that, like medium-sized prints, and then a sheet of, like, wallet-sized 
photos that you can cut up and give to your friends. And back in the day, back in the 80s and 90s, when I, when I grew up, you know, you'd walk around, you could have like a dozen people's pictures in your wallet, you know, taking up space or, or purse, as the case may be. And so when I went into my purse and I found out like a whole bunch of these, did I say, I meant wallet. <clears throat> High school was weird. And I would have all these pictures of people. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny to me because, um, boy, that was a different time and things have really changed. You know, I guarantee you like half the kids in high school have nudes of like half the girls in their class. Really. I, you know, we've come a long way from jerking it to a wallet-sized uh, photo like this close to your face. Come a long way since then. You kids, you kids don't know how, how good you got it. You don't even remember scrambled porn, you know, when that was good. And magazines, getting a hold of magazines. You have no idea how easy you got it. I'm burning through the topics. Hopefully I'll fill a whole hour, but I don't know. I'm going to be talking pretty fast, kind of in a bad mood. So I'm just going to say that um, I, I saw a pistol I wanted this week, and it's been a long time since I wanted a pistol. So it was this, it was this 45. I'm quite fond of 45s. I find them to be, there's a purity to the, you know, the 1911 Colt, Colt designed auto ACP kind of, kind of pistol designed in the first world war as a man stopper. It's a man stopping trench gun is what it is. And the simplicity of it is beautiful. And, um, I like it. I think the BAR has a similar kind of simplicity with the with the BAR mag, it's just a, it's just a box, box of spring. <laughs> it's real simple. I don't know. I've never used. It. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a picture of the pistol. A pistol very similar to the one I saw. Uh, if you're looking, if you're watching, if you're a patron, you can see the whole video. I don't know if I'll clip this. Who knows? But that that picture is similar because the one I was looking at, it was um, it had green, uh, and the metal part, and the handles were brown. And it had etchings, beautiful etchings all over it. And, you know, I have to be honest with you. Here's the thing about people who play Call of Duty. All that bling, that's the problem with this pistol. It's like all that bling isn't free in the real world, okay? You could just, like, open crates or whatever in Call of Duty and, like, boom, free free hand-etched <laughs> forty-five pistol. Then it costs over $1,000. This pistol cost over $1,000. It was Springfield Armory, respectable. It wasn't a cult. I think the one, the picture that he showed was a cult. But it was still a beautiful pistol. And so the etchings, the etchings that were all over this pistol were of horses. And I cannot think of a better weapon to kill horses with. Because <laughs> what, if I go on one of those suicidal shooting rampages, I guarantee you my targets are going to be horses. You know? If, if I just lose it, if I, if I snap, you know, because horses are far more evil than people. And all these sh spree shooters don't seem to be realizing that. They're driving past the horses to get to the people. What are you doing? You're doing it wrong. So anyway, I'd rather kill more horses in my uh, crazy shooting rampage. And I really wish I had a pistol. But what you can do to help me, I mean, I don't want to brag or anything, but I have two patrons. And so I can't afford this gun. But if you go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, I'm sure you can, like, send me, like, 1500 bucks. That'd be, that'd be good because I need some ammo, too. The um, 1500 bucks, and I'll go get this thing and start, I don't know, 
having a, having a pistol I really like. It's been a while since I've fired a 45. I kind of like I like them the, the most. Yeah, I'm gonna go over to my Patreon. Patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Could you imagine the news headlines though? The news that you see if like, some guy went on a rampage killing horses, there'd all be these there'd be these teenager teenage girls in tight pants crying. It's like, but Snowflake didn't hurt anybody. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> or safe space. <laughs> <coughs> you heard about the new warriors, right? Oh my god. The the new warriors. I see, I usually don't want to go see these new Marvel movies because they're so cringe, but this one seems so cringe that I definitely want to go see the new the new warriors. So go look into that if you're if you're uh, like minded to me and uh, take a look at the new characters for the new warriors. All right. So wow, really burning through it, really burning through the content. That's what I do. I create content. So um, <laughs> on a completely unrelated video, on a completely unrelated topic. Um, there was this video that uh, Tim Pool, Tim Cast uh, IRL put out where it says uh, celebrities meltdown in absence. This is the title of, of Tim's video. Celebrities meltdown in absence of their usual attention, isolation, blah, blah, blah. Is, that's why they're making all these videos. It's like they can't leave, so they're, but they still can't get attention. That's the whole point of the video is they, they can't get attention if they're not on a public. People going, oh, you're so awesome and beautiful all the time. And so that's why they're putting out these like Imagine videos where they're singing Imagine horribly. And proving they're they're communists. Cause that's what that song's about. It's about communism. The um, but in the comments section of this video, I got into this conversation because somebody quoted Bo Burnham's lyrics uh, to the song um, "Art Is Dead," which is a <clears throat> it's a pretty brilliant song. Uh, you should go check it out. Uh, "Art Is Dead" by Bo, Bo Burnham. Uh, and somebody somebody just commented on this person quoting the "Art Is Dead" lyrics. Uh, in response to this video, uh, somebody just popped in there and said, Bo Burnham sucks, or Bo Burnham isn't funny. That's it. Bo Burnham isn't funny. And then there was a bunch of people who, like, disliked that, and there were some people who, uh, there was this one person, I forget her name, it was, like, Zanzi or something like that, and she said, you just can't come in and say Bo Burnham isn't funny without giving reasons why you think Bo Burnham isn't funny. And I kind of churned, churned this thought in my head, because I like Bo Burnham. I think he's great. I think he's funny. I think he's interesting. He's... Um, just enough dark to appeal to somebody like me. He's dark enough just to appeal to somebody like me. I dig that. And plus, I like music, so that's a big bonus. So, while thinking about reasons why Bo Burnham isn't funny, because I got my mind spun in that direction, trying to figure out reasons why Bo Burnham isn't funny, I wrote a comment in response to this about Bo Burnham not being funny. So here's the comment I wrote. Of course, humor is subjective, because I said, you know, humor is subjective, and that's why people don't like it. Of course, humor is subjective. However, Bo Burnham markets his specials as comedy when they are often just humorous musical performance art. Musicians and depressed people seem to like Bo more than the average person, probably, probably because his musical talent is formidable and the underlying cynicism of his comedy, quote, uh, speaks to the heart of everyone who has ever been sad. But people generally do not want to be reminded of the threads of existential sadness that unite us all on a night out for laughs, In quotes. Additionally, there is a sort of covert vanity to solo musical performers, e.g. jazz is musical wanking. 
which Bo indulges in frequently. So, Bo is sometimes funny, which means he is not never funny. So, saying someone isn't funny is just a lazy critique with no desire for citation. <clears throat> Haters gonna hate. And so I, I think that that's a very valid criticism of Bo Burnham. It's like, let's, let's face it, it's like uh, there are people who don't deal with depression. And you know what? If, you, uh, if you're a comedian or any kind of performer and you cater to one specific market, you're kind of limiting, limiting yourself. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm conservative. I know that I skew right. And I'm, I'm a little bit harsh in the way I talk. I've talked the way I've always talked. And I've pissed people off long before there was an internet. Okay? So it doesn't concern me all that much. But what I mean is that if you're, if you're talking about why you don't like something, EK and I had a conversation about this uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, about you can't just say something sucks. You know, I make a joke all the time about being critical and stuff. I'll say it stinks, but I ha usually have like a long paragraph of why I'm going to tell you why October Faction sucks. So, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that today. And so it's, you have to have a reason. You just can't say you don't like it. You got to say why you don't like it. And the, the argument that EK made with me was my hatred of Nirvana. He says, you don't like Nirvana, but... I, you have tons of reasons why you don't like them. But you can't just say, I, I fucking hate Nirvana and walk away. I mean, I could sit there and talk all day about how it's basic power chord garage band bullshit. And it's, it's not even, it's uh, horrib horribly, uh, what's, what the has horrible effects, mumbling into a microphone in, in between uh, 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 heroin stupors. Sorry, I have lots of reasons why I hate Nirvana. There are plenty of people who love Nirvana and probably love them for the reasons why I hate them. And I don't care. If you, you know, if you grew up in that era, you couldn't avoid Nirvana. And I'm not going to lie that I went to parties and I pretended to like Nirvana just to talk to girls. And I'm never, ever going to forgive them for making me do that. God bless Courtney Love. Killing that man. Anyway. Um, so I watched about five, five episodes, talking about October Faction, about five episodes of October Faction before it shit the bed. Why does there always got to be a gay person? Why does every single show have to have at least one gay person? They're not that frequent. You don't run into them that often. And if you do, they're, they're, they tend not to be overt. Not the, not the, the gay guy in, this, in, in October Faction... Crisp. Not that the gay guy was overtly gay, but because most people aren't, I guess they're accurately just depicting a gay man. But why well, you always got to throw something like that in? Yeah. So uh, yeah, New Warriors coming out soon. The um, um, here's the thing about October Faction. I really don't mind um, cheesy monster CGI as long as the story is good. And let's be honest, the monster CGI is a little cheesy. So, yeah, I, yeah. So I just, I don't know why you had a, 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 I don't know why you had an interesting premise for a show and then you totally shit the bed with it eventually. October Faction, October Faction, three of 13 stars. Really? Really? Why are you going to fuck up this perfectly interesting concept with this hippy-dippy bullshit? Oh, my God. 
It's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, what else did I see this week? Um, I also saw Mark Marin's. I guess it's a comedy special. I guess. And um, it's called End Times Fun. End Times Fun by Mark Marin. It's stand-up. It's new out on uh, Netflix. Um, anyway, it's about um, this caustic liberal bemoaning the evils of Fox News and Trump and anti-Semitism, which is apparently constantly bub- bubbling under the surface to this guy. And all the Nazi Republicans are waiting to pounce. Anyway, he, he's like, the religious are fools and atheists, you know, they, got, they know what's going on. Anyway, fuck you, Mark Marin, damn pander bear. I mean, I guess it's easy to pander to your audience. You know, you know you're doing a show in California and all of them are stupid-ass liberals that want to hear somebody bash Trump. Fuck you, Mark Marin. However, I will say I was entertained. There were entertaining points within the show, usually when you're talking about benign subject matter. However, there was this one taboo subject matter that did make me laugh. It was your in bit about Mike Pence at Judgment Day. And if you, if, you are, if you lean a little bit left of me, or even as right as me, and you're just interested in having a good laugh at Mike Pence's expense, ooh, the, Mike Pence's expense is playing down at the Mercury Lounge. If you want to go, EK, I, I, I know the, the drummer. We used to do speed together. And the, oh, wait. No, no, he, he owes me money. But he's going to avoid me. I can't. Sorry. We can't go see them. Sorry. Anyway, Mike Pence's expense. Go look for that band. Um, yeah, but the end bit about Mike Pence at Judgment Day, Mark Maron, I have to, I have to be honest with you. That was a pretty hilarious bit because I'm a little Ill, irreverent too. I'm the kind of guy who takes every, everything, everything you see, the entire world is a plaything in your mind. And you can sit there and you can take your Mike Pence action figure and you could have him suck Jesus off which (laughs) you should see it it's a really good bit I think it's probably it's it's really good if as long as you're not too sensitive and that's the point I'm not so Republican I'm I can't laugh at a really good joke at Mike Pence's expense Mercury Lounge this Thursday so Mike Mark Maron's end times fun five of 13 stars we get it, Mark. You're Jewish. I don't see a kippa, though. Being Jewish enough for the Nazis seems to be a strange benchmark to work from. All right. Let's see how we're doing. I got another. Okay. We're doing all right. Mmm. That's, that's delicious beer. All right. Let's get into mail, the mailbag. Eric, shut up. You don't have a dad. Now it's time for Madman's Mailbag. Let me touch it. My mailbag. You don't know the reference. He doesn't watch Gavin McInnes as much as I do. He doesn't watch Gavin McInnes as much as I do. Anyway. Ooh, people are liking. Thank you for liking. Like, share, and subscribe, by all means. Okay, so let's get into the mailbag. Um, this first one is from Fearbelly22, and it's probably my favorite email I've ever gotten yet on the mailbag. On the mailbag. Um, Fearbelly22. Uh, quote, in, in the Lucrative Worms episode, was that two weeks ago? Lucrative Worms episode? Yep. The nerd, the, okay, got it. The nerd in my brain just told me it's the 10th of March episode. 20, 10 March 20 is what he, what he told me. 
Yeah, so that was two weeks ago. In the Lucrative Worms episode, you talked about flies infesting a space station, and some merchant has to deliver spiders to the space station to deal with flies. The flies. Wouldn't it be better for the people to put on spacesuits and vent the station with the void to kill all the flies and their larvae, reseal the station, turn the oxygen back on, boom, no more flies. Okay, Fear Belly. Okay, Fear Belly, you have a point. You have a point right there. And that's why two heads are always better than one. All right, so if you and I were up on a space station and we get infested with flies because of some larvae, uh, some maggots that got into some meat, you know, and then the flies are everywhere, and I said... My suggestion was, hey, I guess we got to get a shipment of spiders in. And then you turned to me and it's like, what are you fucking, are you serious? And then we'd have to get a shipment of cats to deal with the spiders. Why don't we just put on our spacesuits, open the vents, and be done with it? And that's, what, that's why teamwork makes a dream work. And that's an excellent point you made there, Fear Belly 22. <laughs> you have an excellent point. I stand corrected. I guess we couldn't deal with that because... I don't know why she swallowed the fly. It's that it's that kind of thing, right? And like if it was if I if I was like the head of the space station and I said, I'm making an executive decision, we're just getting a shipment of spiders. And then you're just and then I'm partnering up with old Fear Belly, and Fear Belly's just humming that tune all day. I don't know why she swallowed the fly. I guess she'll die. <laughs> you're cooped up with those people on the space station for a long time. <laughs> Excellent point. Thank you for emailing me at madman at fxbgpr.com. This one is from Ginger Snap in a Circle 89. Fuck, you're ugly. That's it. Fuck, you are together. Fuck, you're ugly. Uh, Thank you. Um, I don't know why people feel the need to remind me all the time. I mean, do good-looking people think that Ugly people don't own mirrors, and that's just the problem. If only he had a mirror. Anyway, so, um, yeah. That's why I try to be so smart and funny. Oh! Snap in a Z formation. All right, let's, uh, let's, I got one more email. So this is from Anonymous by Request. Hey, Madman, I am from Wyoming. Enough. Enough. Fuck you. Fuck your mother. Fuck your state. What's your, what's your baseball team name? It's the Rockies. Because you don't matter. You don't matter. I've had it up to here with these arrogant Wyoming fuckers. Anyway, we're going to get it. skip out of the mailbag. I, I thought that was going to take longer, but I didn't know. I, didn't, I missed the Wyoming part the first time I screened it. Damn it. Let's just get into the news worth knowing. If we end early, we end, we end early. Please. Stop being stupid, people. Arizona man dies after self-medicating to treat coronavirus. An Arizona man has died and his wife is in critical condition after they both took the drug chloroquine phosphate, which is an ingredient found in a fish tank cleaner. The additive is also found in an anti-malaria medication, which has been touted as a treatment for coronavirus, despite a lack of study on it or approval by federal health agencies. The couple, both in their 60s? How did you get that far through life with and being that dumb? Anyway, the couple, both in their 60s, <coughs> excuse me, required immediate hospital assistance within 30 minutes of ingesting the drug. 
which is normally used at aquariums to clean fish tanks, according to Banner Health, which is headquartered in Arizona. Quote, given the uncertainty around COVID-19, we understand that people are trying to find new ways to prevent or treat this virus, but self-medicating is not the way to do so, said Dr. Daniel Brooks, uh, Banner Poison and Drug Information Center medical director. Quote, he continued on to say, the last thing we want right now is to inundate our emergency departments with patients who believe they found a vague and risky solution that could potentially jeopardize their health. That is a very pol politic <laughs> statement you released, sir. Very neutral. Well done. Um, the, uh, the man couldn't be resuscitated when he arrived to the hospital, but his wife was able to throw up much of the chemical, Banner says. So she's probably going to pull through. Uh, what they consumed was reportedly not the malaria medication form of uh, chloroquine. Chloroquine? I'll never get it right. Fucking scientists. Uh, but the, an ingredient listed on a parasite treatment for fish, Ugh, according to NBC News. Roughly 80% of the people who have who become infected with COVID-19 only require symptomatic, sympt, symptomatic care and self-isolation to prevent risk of infecting others, according to the World Health Organization. And I'm talking about Berner Health. Huh? Who? Yeah. You're playing first base. Um, we are strongly urging the medical community to not prescribe this medication to any non-hospitalized patients, said Dr. Brooks. Hopefully there are doctors at those hospitals. Why would you have to say that to doctors? That's creepy. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> I am not a doctor, but I know that it's like, there's a secret right there. Aquarium cleaner. Yeah, so... uh Chloroquine has been used in various medications to treat malaria and lupus. And doctors in countries including South Korea, China, France have reported treatments that maybe that could maybe help. Maybe. Even when Trump's saying there's people out there that say like Trump killed these people. It's like you're out of your fucking minds. This is like um, Chris Porter in Ugly and Angry. It's like you need to have a are you shitting me defense for people like, you know, don't assist in childbirth with this ski. You got to write like every single stupid thing anyone could possibly do with a product. And just to say, are you shitting me? It's not my fault. These people are fucking idiots. I never, you know, Trump never said that it was the cure. And so like scour everything you can find in the supermarket that has these chemicals in it. And he never said anything like that. These people are just idiots. I'm sorry that they died, but you know, how do you get through 60 years of life without be with being that stupid or that scared? That's the other part of this equation. It's like, they were th that scared. To do, a, you know, grind up some, <laughs> like a salt lick or something like that. You, Trump could have said that. It's like, you snort a, snort a line of salt. Fine. <laughs> You'll be fine from coronavirus. And people will fucking do it. At least he's not doing that. You all think he's evil. You all think Trump is evil. At least he's not saying, go out there, snort a line of salt. You'll be all good. If, <laughs> if that turns out to be the cure... <laughs> I will buy a hat to eat it. <laughs> I'll have I'll have uh, I'll have my fans pick it out. You guys pick out the hat. What kind of hat do I eat? I snort a line of sugar of uh, salt. Yeah, anyway, so please stop being stupid, people. I know some of you really can't handle fear. You need to get a hold of that. It's apparently like even people old, older than me 
can't handle fear. So scared, you're going to say, even though it says do not ingest on here, it has the thing that Trump said is going to save us. Don't be that stupid. Don't be that stupid. Anyway, so let's get into a lighter topic. Uh, the coronavirus leftovers. Everything all right? Okay, I see. The coronavirus leftovers. Twitter users share grocery store items no one is apparently buying. Now, this is fun. Uh, though household essentials like toilet paper, non-perishable foods, and cleaning disinfectants are in high demand across the country as anxious shoppers stock up during the coronavirus pandemic, not everything is reportedly flying off the shelves. In recent days, some Twitter users have playfully pointed out the products that bulk buyers can do without. Through the ongoing outbreak, uh, take a look at the eight grocery store staples that social media commenters claim to remain in ample supply at their local supermarkets. Though the canned goods are always wise to have on hand, Bostonians allegedly still have no love for Manhattan-style clam chowder. <laughs> and somebody, this uh, Hillary, Hillary Monaghan, uh, said, even in a plague, New Englanders refused Manhattan clam chowder. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> you can see it. They'll take a picture of the shelves, and it's just like one, one section of just Manhattan clam chowder is like mostly stocked, and everything else is just cleared out. I think these are hilarious pictures uh, to help us get through a horrible time. Uh, this person, Chip Malfunction, uh, at online underscore Sean, Said so even during a global pandemic, nobody sells, nobody in Boston eats Manhattan clam chowder. And he's got like, like these big cans of Manhattan clam chowder and everything else is empty. That's great. And you know what? You people who like pineapple on your pizza, fuck you. You know, there are so many pictures of people like the only like frozen pizzas left are pizzas with pineapple on them. So all you people out there who are saying like pineapple is good on pizza and it deserves to be on pizza, you are wrong. Fruit has no business on pizza. I can get to a different argument about tomatoes. Tomatoes don't belong on pizza either. Even though there's tomato sauce, we could argue about that for hours, but I simply do not have the time today. Pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. And there's like a bunch of pics of like pineapple pizza, pineapple Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> Nobody's buying that shit. Um, also cauliflower, cauliflower based items. So there's a ton of pictures of like any, any kind of product with cauliflower and pasta. They're like, the pasta's good, but we got to fish out the cauliflower. And does it change the cooking directions? <laughs> Pass. <laughs> oh man. Uh, nobody wants broccoli pizza crust, apparently. Make a homemade pizza with broccoli in it. Apparently people don't want that or... Carrot spirals, lots of carrots left. Carrot spirals. <laughs> some some guy says, I guess hashtag Trader Joe's should reevaluate this product. It has a bunch of carrots. <laughs> hummus. I will. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of hummus left on the shelves, and you know I will never understand hummus. M mushed up chickpeas. Do you hate your baby, or are you a baby that is hated? I'll never understand hummus. Anyway, apparently that's still available on the shelves. Uh, olive tap, tapenade? Tapenade? Do you know what that word means? Yeah, because olives are disgusting, too. Olives are disgusting. Uh, Shrimp-flavored ramen. I find this one odd, because I kind of like shrimp-flavored ramen. 
I mean, I wasn't, I didn't go to college or nothing, but I was in the Navy, which is kind of like being in college. And you'd, uh, you'd stock up on some ramen and stuff like that. And you, uh, did they have variety packs back then? They had a variety pack, variety packs. Yeah. And like, you know, these things get desperate, you know, you have to go to the shrimp and you're just like, Hey, that ain't so bad for <laughs> frozen shrimp shipped across the Pacific. Yeah, so shrimp ramen. Oh, even the beef ramen's gone, but plenty of shrimp. <laughs> uh, what's this? Some brands of bottled waters. People don't drink Aquafina. <laughs> even dirt this Major Tom at Yellow Paint 11. He, put, he tweeted out like a, a picture of a bunch of Aquafina water bottles. It says, even in there in an Aquafina. In apocalypse, people still won't drink Aquafita. That's funny. Oh, Dasani as well. I find that hard to believe. Do you have you have some against Aquafina? I don't know. Oh my God! Now they got this, the picture of the beer aisle. Nothing but Corona beer left. That's fucked up. That's not Corona beer's fault. It's not Corona beer's fault. It's from Mexico, right? The Wuhan flu, the Wu flu, the Kung flu comes from China. They have nothing to do with each other. Corona just means crown in Spanish. And I think this is because of how it looks. I think it's named Corona. It was those types of viruses, those kinds of viruses are coronaviruses. Going through it. I might have to end the show early. Morons and fools everywhere. So, um, this is a good one too. Florida County Commissioner says during a meeting that blow dryer up nose kills coronavirus. Florida County Commissioner faced blowback after spreading a debunked claim. How long did it take to get to debunk, debunk this, do you think? One second. The first comment. Anyway, so uh, Florida County Commissioner faced blowback after spreading a debunked claim uh, at an emergency public meeting that sticking a blow dryer up your nose can kill the coronavirus. <laughs> now everyone's just imagining him that morning with a blow dryer pointed straight at his nose. Just, is it hot enough yet? I don't know. I'm going to be fine. Uh, trust me. <laughs> Here's a quote from him. This sounds really goofy, and it did to me too, but it works... Sir, the Okeechobee County Commissioner Bryant Culpepper said at a meeting on Friday. Jesus, he got elected. Um, quote, the answer was, you use a blow dryer, he said, according to the New York Post. You point a blow dryer up to your face and you inhale with your nose and it kills all the viruses in your nose. <laughs> oh, God damn it. You know, if people weren't so stupid, I wouldn't be so entertained on this planet, I tell you that. Um, quote, sometimes the cures for <laughs> sometimes the cures for some of these some of these diseases are very simple. What an idiot. Uh, the meeting was called so uh, Okeechobee County officials could brief Culpepper and the other elected commissioners on the county's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Video of the meeting shows Tiffany Collins of the Okeechobee County Health Department responding immediately after Culpepper speaks, saying, there's lots of misinformation out there. You don't say. Collins urged residents to rely on, their, on the advice of their own doctors and not something they see online. 
Oh, Lord God. Culper, Culpepper on Sunday apologized on Facebook for angry exchanges he had with online critics as well as the embarrassment he caused his fellow commissioners and staff, the Post reported. I guess that's why people post on those things. They're hoping to get a response. Do you follow, like, your local county, you know, commissioner? The only reason you respond to anything is to hope to elicit a response, and he gave in to that? How can you be an elected official and not do that? That should be, like, part of your standard operating procedure when you get the job. Don't argue with people on Twitter. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Uh, he said, he said um, I will not offer any more suggestions unless they are tried and proven. On Friday, the Associated Press assessed the claim that using a blow dryer to shoot hot air into your sinuses to kill the coronavirus is false and dangerous. Quote, false. Please don't. Our noses carry bacteria as a normal is part of normal flora. Those bacteria may get confused. Vahim Yonis, Yonis, who specializes in infectious disease at the University of Maryland, in a tweet knocking down the false claim, according to the Associated Press. Dr. Jen Caudle, a family physician and associate professor at Rowan University in New Jersey, told the Associated Press that depending on how hot the hair blower dry the blow dryer gets, I would be concerned with some adverse effects. No kidding. Your, your, your respiratory system is kind of dependent on temperature. It really needs to be a certain temperature. That's how it works. You know, I, uh, what is it? It's like somebody, I can't remember where I heard it. It's like somebody said, if you, like, you breathe in hot air, if you could breathe in like air that's like a, 180 degrees or something like that. I can't remember where I heard this. You, it would kill all the coronavirus in your lungs, and boom. It's like, yeah, but it would also kill you because your your lungs are supposed to be cooler and moist and stuff like that. And 180 degrees is, I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast. I think that's yeah, because Joe Rogan was like, I just I'm just in the sauna all the time. <laughs> that's killing it, right? <laughs> oh, Joe, you're so cute. What's that thing when you're being? What's that thing you say when you're being uh, condescending? That's adorable. That That's what you say when you're... That's adorable. That's so adorable. Fucking prick. Anyway, um... Yeah. Yep, and so that's article. That's that article. Um. Yeah. Blowing a blow dryer up your nose won't cure the coronavirus. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That's what I mean. It's like people are people are so there's a level of fear here. It's like you don't do stupid shit like that unless you're scared. There's no reason to be scared. Whether or not even if you die from this thing, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear except fear itself. I know that's a tough one to wrap your head around. You know, more than 70 years since that's been said. People still trying to wrap their heads around that. Idiots. So let's talk about the capital of Wyoming. Yeah, uh, Denver mayor reverses order to close liquor stores, recreational marijuana dispensaries after the crowd swarm. <laughs> we fucking live in Wyoming, dude. You can't do this to us. <laughs> well, the Wyoming joke is just a, a point. It's like how um, Cheyenne doesn't matter. It's not Denver. The... Um, <laughs> 
But this is basically in Colorado. Hours after Denver Mayor Michael Hickok announced liquor stores and recreational marijuana dispensaries would close across the city in an attempt to slow the spread of coronavirus, his office reversed course, a report said. The mayor sent out a tweet at 5 p.m. Denver time saying liquor and marijuana stores in the city would be open as usual, but following extreme physical distancing rules, social distancing, uh, the new rules will continue through April 10th, the Denver Post reported. The city defined extreme as six feet, or the normal amount of social distancing now recommended, the report said. Hours earlier, he deemed liquor stores and recreational uh, marijuana dispensaries non-essential businesses, as opposed to grocery stores, gas stations, and healthcare operations. Quote, we do not have them listed as essential, Hancock said of liquor stores. As much as I might think it's essential for me, it's not essential for everyone. <laughs> He's, what's wrong with you, dude? You, it's like, so uh, I got to end this press conference. I'm heading to the liquor store right now. <laughs> you guys need anything? <laughs> this, he suggested Denver residents buy their alcohol Monday night while they still could. Oh, man, what an idiot. I'll see you guys there. Yeah, see you down there. Like fucking, uh, what's his name? Burt Kreischer. I'll be here <laughs> drinking beer. See you all there. Moron. Uh, in response to Hancock's order, city residents swarmed neighborhood liquor stores Monday afternoon, but violated social distancing requirement while, th- while they were at it, with some stores reporting lines forming a block long just 15 minutes after the mayor's news conference, the Post reported. Argonaut Wine and Liquor co-owner Josh Robinson uh, told... The new, I know a Josh Robinson. I wonder if he's the same guy. Doubt it. Uh, Josh Robinson told the newspaper in his staff had to act like bouncers, allowing one shopper in for each, for each person that left. Quote, it's created a safety issue in the short term, Robinson said. The mayor said not to panic by, but that is exactly what he encouraged people to do by shutting us down. On Monday afternoon, bars and restaurants offering food and drinks for takeout for delivery were still considered essential businesses and will remain open for those services, Hancock clarified during the news conference. Restaurants and bars will also still be able to sell alcohol, including wine, beer, and cocktails, following an executive order from Governor Jared Polis on Friday. Grocery stores that sell wine, beer, and liquor, or a combination thereof, should be able to continue doing so while practicing extreme social distancing. I don't drink li- liquor that often. Have you seen liquor stores? I don't drink liquor. I get I get dark, real dark. I drink liquor. Ek just looks up. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I try not to. Why would you shut down this liquor stores, idiot? What are these people gonna do? Oh, yeah, we're cruising right through. We may have to end the show early. That's fine. Um. So, God bless the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, they're bored, not playing and shit like that. Oh, God, sports. No sports. I, I don't even really like sports, but none? I'm sure you people out there that like sports are kind of pissed. Probably more pissed than me. Probably a lot more pissed than me. Anyway, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the players of the Pittsburgh Pirates, buy 400 pizzas for hospital staff on coronavirus front lines. Oh, excuse me. Pittsburgh Pirates were the next team to step up to the plate during the coronavirus pandemic. On Monday night, the team announced that the players bought 400 pizzas and pasta for medical staff at Allegheny General Hospital in Pittsburgh. That's nice. 
quote, we, may, we might not be in Pittsburgh and we don't have the opportunity to play in front of our fans and for all of us to, to be up in the city, that's kind of, oh boy, a player wrote this. Yep, pitcher. We might not be in Pittsburgh and we don't have the opportunity to play in front of our fans and for all of us to be up in the city, that's kind of become a second home to us now that's treated us so well. Pirates pitcher uh, Jameson Talian, Talian, forgive me, don't follow the Pirates, said in a statement, quote, we know local businesses are getting crushed and they're really hurting and they're really affected by what's going on. Then obviously the hospitals and staff working on the front lines there, they're putting in extra hours, extra work, exposing themselves. Went on to say, uh, we thought this was a way to help two birds with one stone. We can help local restaurants. We can help the hospitals and the uh, workers show our appreciation. He added that the Pirates players will continue supporting local businesses in the area. According to the team's site, they already talked about uh, buying a day's worth of takeout lunches and setting up deliveries of lo to local police and fire stations. Why not? God, I love Americans. We're the best. Uh, quote, we're trying to be creative and just help out in any way we can, he said. According to Pennsylvania health officials, there have been at least 640 cases of coronavirus in the state. Allegheny, is that a... Is that an Iroquois word? I think it is. The Iroquois Confederacy. Pull that shit up, Jamie. I'm kidding. Don't. No, I'm kidding. You don't do it. Don't do it. Pull up the, the Iroquois Confederacy, Jamie. Wow. Wow, man. That's badass. If you edit all that out of Joe Rogan's podcast, it'd be an hour long. Wow. Have you tried, have you ever tried DMT? You edit all that shit out. It's an hour long. <laughs> all right, here we are 45 minutes in and I'm on my last news story. So we may end up cutting this early. I got to pee anyway. Um, New York city restaurateur delivered is restauranteur like rocketeer or restauranteur. Okay. New York City restaurateur delivers hundreds of donated meals to healthcare workers during the coronavirus. God, I love Americans. We're the best. In New York City, in the middle of a statewide pause on daily life, the owner of a popular Italian restaurant has taken it upon himself to collect donations to provide meals to frontline health workers, healthcare workers in the city's hospitals. Luca De Pietro, the owner of the popular Italian eatery. Ooh, this is a tough one. Tarlalucci Tar Evino, they have wine apparently, had an idea when talking with a friend from Toronto about the coming coronavirus crisis and its impact on the restaurant industry. Now he's launched a website where patrons can donate to provide authentic Italian meals to healthcare workers. Calzone again. I don't know how many calzones you have to eat before you're pissed off at calzones. But <laughs> uh, since last Thursday, DePietro said he's donated 460 meals across a number of New York City hospitals. He said he's hoping to provide 300 to 400 donated meals per day going forward. Wow, that's a lot of work. Quote, my hope in this craziness we live in is just... You, you could have said that even before this thing, this pandemic, bro. My hope in this craziness we live in is that we get we get enough hospitals and that we can feed uh, that we can feed in these rough times, and eventually I could get more restaurants to help out. 
DiPietro enlisted the help of his daughter and her classmate to build a website to facilitate. He didn't know how to do it himself. Is that what, he, is that what they mean? He got his daughter to <laughs> show me how to use this computer thingy. Uh, got the help of his daughter and classmate to build a website to facilitate the deliveries and expand the network of restaurants involved. Both college seniors were home after their university, like so, mu- so many others across the country, ended in-person classes and asked students to leave. The website, Feed the Front Lines, allows people to donate meals beginning at $25. The website uh, states that it raised more than $49,000 of its $140,000 goal. By opening one of his kitchens for deliveries, he donated, uh, he both donated and personal, he's managed to keep most of his staff at his restaurant working, at his restaurants working. Still, he, like others, uh, like so many other restaurateurs, has had to lay off some employees. Quote, if we don't get relief immediately, people will have loans out. Some people have ca- uh, some sort of cash, have loans out, some sort of cash advance deal with banks, with merchants. They're going to have to default, DePetra said. Without any kind of production, our landscape is bound to completely change. Uh, the National Restaurant Association estimates that the industry employs more than 15 million people across the United States. And the organization said nearly half of those people could lose their jobs if the projected $225 billion decline in revenue over the next three months comes to fruition. The vast majority of states, including New York, have mandated that restaurants close their dining rooms and only offer delivery or carryout and try to, to try to stop the spread of coronavirus. DePietro said that, by his estimation, those numbers don't seem unrealistic. He's had to lay off the majority of his workforce. There's two J's in majority. What the hell? But he's hopeful that cha- that'll change as his donation program grows. Um, quote, my hope is, again, to be as busy as I can so I can bring back everybody. He said, I have 90% of my workforce employed as of March 16th. So far, at least, it seems DePietro has been growing towards the, that goal while providing a bit of warmth and sustenance to heroes who this moment demands, frontline healthcare workers. Quote, this is something else that I thought would be helpful, not just for myself, but maybe to make everybody feel a little better, DePietro said. Here's the thing as well. It's like he has uh, inventory. You know, if you have a restaurant, you have inventory. And if you're not selling it to your customers, you got to do something with it. And so, I mean, and I'm not saying that that's just, well, I got to do something with it. And so I might as well just give it away. I'm not saying that that's, that's the issue. I mean, it's like that is an option. That is the option of, perish- of perishable goods, you know. You got this inventory on hand. You know, these people are in the front lines. These people are dealing with coronavirus, these medical professionals. You know, if you run across one lately, just give them a hug because those girls. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> no, wait. EK's right. Don't give them a hug. You got to bump elbows with them or something. That's a good point. Don't do that. That's what I was going to say is like because the girls look so good in scrubs. I, I, think, I think the scrubs like are deliberately designed to show off the female form. You know, I really do. I think somebody, it's really unfortunate for well, whoever designed it, <laughs> it's real unfortunate for the male nurses, but I really do think that whoever designed the scrubs that women wear in hospitals was a guy who loved the human, the woman, the female form. So I think that that's, that's good. You know, that people are helping out. The pirates are helping people out. Other restaurateurs helping people out. That's that's kind of what you need to do. That's what a good society does. You know, people, you know, this these these Democrats up there in Senate and Congress, oh, man, they're driving me nuts with this relief bill, tacking on all this extra pork, as they say, uh, all this extra uh, Green New Deal bullshit. 
into this like relief bill for businesses and workers here in this country. Slowing down that process with their commie nonsense. You know, people out there, they need, they need business. The, the market needs to start going up. People need to be working. We need to be productive as a nation. You know, people are going to be productive anyway. That's the point. You know, this guy is still doing something. You can't say that there's a quarantine and everybody stops. People don't stop. I don't know about you, but before I found podcasting, I could, yeah, you know, I could sit on my ass for the rest of my life and not give a shit, just playing video games and stuff like that. But once I became a podcaster, I found something I wanted to do. And so even if somebody says, no, you can't go podcast, you can't, can't do that. I'm like, fuck, I got to do something. Even if I fit, if they chained me to my room, I would still pull out my laptop and be typing something, posting something. Because that's who I am. That's who we are as people. We create. We, we want to do something. That's the purpose of life is finding something you want to do. And even when you're bored, it's like a, it's built into our DNA. Being bored, that's a brilliant design, God. I'm bored. I'm going to do something. You know, uh, also the morning wood. Brilliant design, God. You wake up with a heart on. It's like, well, I guess I got to. Get up and go do something, because <laughs> somebody wants something being done. <laughs> and that's just how it is. That's just how it is. We're a little early here. We're going to end it like five, minute, uh, five minutes early. Got one more minute. I just want to remind you, be sure to look for us on YouTube if you're listening. Uh, go to U- uh, search for Shock Monkey Radio on YouTube. I just recently changed my name, so it's easier to find. It used to be the Madman Lowercase, which is really confusing to people, apparently. Oh, I got to type lowercase? Yeah, I know, it's extra letters. Anyway, the Shock Monkey Radio is now what it's called on YouTube. Look, check it out. I put up some free episodes every now and then, full episodes every now and then. Otherwise, I just use clips and so forth. Go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and get access to everything that's behind our paywall. $3 a month. Just $3 a month, you get access to everything that we do. Uh, even the, the extra bit I did, I talked about love and sex. I put that up available for patrons. Uh, yeah, it's really nice. Really nice. Um, yeah, go to teespring.com slash stores slash shock monkey radio, or is it the Madman lowercase? Damn it. I don't have time to look it up right now. Um, yeah, so this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you. <laughs>